The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoop Ball NBA DFS today. This is the Sunday show, and I'm Andrew Hansen. And you know what it is on Sundays we do. It's the international edition, and we're going to take the international edition to new heights today because we've got Miles Hartley, of course, up in Western Canada. This time I'm all the way down in the southeast in Florida, so we're we're, we're spanning all the way across the continent for this one. Miles, how's everything going tonight? Everything's going pretty good tonight. Um, I just wanted to mention yeah, yesterday with the Houston Rockets versus the Phoenix Suns game. Um, my parents actually went to watch that game. They're down in uh, Phoenix right now. Oh, all um, right. I, I had put a bet on that game, and <laughs> I had a good feeling about the Phoenix Suns going into it, so I bet on them to win. They won, but I did not win my bet because I had to get a over total. Oh. And since the Rockets didn't even break 100 points, Jeez. how many times have they not broke 100 points this season? I, I'm thinking maybe once. Probably once. Twice. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with that. The game had to go over 234, and uh, they definitely did not get even close to that mark. So that one stung. Yeah, well, Harden didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Back, to back to back, they were getting blown out. So you were right on that, on that side, but they put in the subs for the fourth quarter. Yeah, and those subs did not do well because uh, I think that there was like four or five Rockets that of their, I don't know, anywhere from like, I think most of them have shot like maybe like five to seven shots, but there, there was five of them, I think, that hit one shot. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, quite a letdown for the Rockets after that big win over the Lakers. But I think yeah. the problem the problem for you is that that was on Friday night, right? Your your predictions are on point on Sundays. That's what we count this is, count on this you is for. True. I mean, last Sunday that was the the Terrence Davis coming out party. We should probably call you the the Terrence Davis whisperer um, because you were all over him then. And since then, the you know the rest of the industry is coming around, and uh, he went off again tonight. Great value. So um, that's what we're going to do here again is is load up for some big Sunday predictions. Indeed, indeed. And, yeah, I was all over Terrence Davis again tonight. And so we're coaching Mike, and he is definitely out there doing what we want him to do. Now, the other guy who uh, has been strong on his predictions lately is Jay Mel, uh, one of our listeners. And I know Mike and Coach gave him a shout-out on the Saturday show, but since we weren't on that podcast – uh, why not do it again? So congratulations again to Jay Mel took down first place in a contest this weekend and, um, just really excited for him. So congratulations. And let's see if we can do it again, Miles. Let's set somebody up for some, uh, a big victory here on Sunday. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, if you're like Miles and you can envision the future when, Phoenix is going to beat Houston. When Phoenix is going to beat Houston, then you might want to go to mybookie.ag and and make your predictions become a reality. When you go over there, please use the promo code today, T O D A Y, 
and you can get a 50% match on your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you get $1,000 matched for free. And again, that's mybookie.ag. And then there's the wonderful Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee that we have to talk about. And, you know, Miles, I was thinking, um, because you haven't had it yet, of a way to kind of describe it in basketball terms. And I think the way to describe it is it's like if Damian Lillard was a cup of coffee, this is what you'd get. It's hot and it's excellent. I mean, the guy's been on fire lately and I'm excited we get to talk about him on this slate, but that's really what it reminds me of. So if you're like Miles and you haven't tried it yet, and of course Miles hasn't tried it yet because he doesn't drink coffee, but if you're out there listening, you haven't tried it, just think, I mean, imagine, you know, watching the NBA, but missing out on, on Damian Lillard. That's basically what's happening if you're not drinking that coffee. Yeah. Now, now I sound like I'm really missing out on something. <laughs> I mean, really absolute fire. See, now that I put it in, in basketball terms, you can kind of get a sense of it. Oh, my, my <laughs> uh, taste buds, they're almost, they're almost watery now. <laughs> Glad to hear it. So go on to Amazon and a couple clicks for some Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee, and you'll get it. You'll get a taste of Damian Lillard in your cup. All right, let's start off here with one of our showdown slates, and it's a 3:30 Eastern tip-off between the Celtics and the Thunder. Boston traveling to OKC. We've had some wing players in and out of the lineup for the Celtics. Looks like there's a good chance everybody will play tomorrow. Hayward's probable. Kemba's probable, Jalen Brown questionable, and then with the bigs, we've got Tice questionable, so he might come back into the mix. Over on the OKC side, I don't think we have any injuries to note, so why don't you start with the home squad, Miles? Who do you like over there? So yeah, on the OKC side of the ball, there are quite a few players that I like, and I have not been able to really you know, bring it down to one guy that I'm going to put as my captain spot, but um, I'm probably going to lean towards either Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, or Steven Adams, just because if I have them in the captain spot, they allows me to get pretty much anybody else that I want in the utility spot, and they'll all be starters. So that's my route that I'm going to go. Um, I will have to look, probably do some more further analysis on this. Um, I ran out a bit of time to get there on today's game. But uh, I do like those three guys a lot just because they all have that upside so they can get you a good, you know, one and a half times multiplier. They're not just going to go out there and, you know, give you a big dud. Um, Steven Adams did wake up last game, so uh, I did like that he had finally had 16 points. So that was nice to see. Um, And, you know, it is a thing that we do target is going against the Celtics front court. So I would take a look at him there. Um, and another guy I'm looking at, yeah, Dennis Schroeder. He is, you know, one of the best guys I have coming off the bench. He was on fire lately until the last game where he kind of cooled off a bit. Um, but I mean, no reason he can't come back. And then Gallinari has been pretty consistent all year. I do like him quite a bit just because of his consistency. I mean, his ceiling isn't super crazy, but I mean, his floor is a pretty nice solid. I feel like, you know, you're hitting around like that 28, 30 mark. You're not going to go much below there. Um, but then besides those guys, I like Chris Paul a bunch. 
Yeah, he's been playing awesome of late. Um, I mean, he will have a tougher time, I guess, if he gets Marcus Smart defense. But I'm thinking with Walker playing, he might get Kemba Walker defense instead. Uh, what about you? What do you like on this side of the ball? I'm pretty similar with you. Um, I'd say of those guys, I was looking a little bit more at Chris Paul as my captain. Um and if you're right, though, if you go with one of the other three, they're all cheaper. So you have a little bit more to spend with on utility spots. I certainly I certainly like Schroeder as well. Gallo, you know, I, I agree with your description. He's he's the word I wrote down is steady. And yep. so for me, I would lean towards playing him as utility. Um, I'd Mr. probably be consistency. Mr. Consistency. Yeah. Just give you like 20, 20 points, seven rebounds. Get you a little bit over 30 fantasy points and and off you go. So that that's a good thing to have on a on a showdown slate. And then Stephen Adams, um, yeah, you know we talked on a recent podcast. We we're waiting for that wake up game. He finally got it. Um, and he's even cheaper than Gallo. So I'd be I'd probably trot him out there as a captain uh, before I did Gallinari. And then you know I was. It's, I wanted to mention the, the prices on these other guys for Oklahoma City because if you're going to enter multiple lineups, you're, you're going to look down at the bottom and, and wonder who to play for one of the cheap guys. And there's four guys on OKC that are 1,000 that are probably going to get you know, somewhere between 12 and, and 25 minutes. Dort has been starting and getting between 17 and 27 minutes. He's only 1K. Then you've got Baisley at 1K, Ferguson at 1K, Nader at 1K. The, I listed them in the order of, of preference for me. Um, you know, if, if you mess around with a couple different constructions, maybe you want to spend up on your captain and go with Chris Paul or maybe Tatum on the other side, then you're going to have that decision to make of do I go down towards the bottom and play one of these guys. So for me, it would be Dort. Um and, you know, Shea, um, 8K, I think, is worth uh, mentioning as well. Over on the Celtics side, Tatum's my favorite player there. You know, he's been sort of Mr. Consistency for the Celtics. In the last three games, he's scored 28, 33, and 32 real points. So a nice little groove for him. And, of course, he's priced up. He's at 10.6, most expensive player here. And then looking at the other Celtics, um, that you know play on the wing. Hayward at 9.8, Kemba 9.4, Brown 8.8. Again, listed those in the order of my preference on on those guys. And then we'll just have to wait for the news on the bigs. If Cantor, if Tice is out and Cantor starting again, starting again at 5.4, I'll consider him. And if Tice is out, I'll consider Grant Williams at 3.6. Um, that's sort of the, my core interest. I'm not going to go to Wanamaker at 6.0. I think he's priced up there just in case one of these other guys sits. What are your thoughts on the Celtics? Yeah, I like your breakdown there. Um, in my lineup that I had made, the two guys I had were Cantor and Tatum. Um, as long as, yeah, Tice is out and Brown are out, I would, uh, I'd prefer Tatum and Cantor as my two. Um, but yeah, the way you broke it down to if the, your order there of Hayward, then Kemba, and then Smart, that is also how I would order them as well. 
Okay. Excellent. Well, we've had some success on the showdown slates, and this is an interesting day because, you know, I think because the NFL is done, at DraftKings at least, has multiple showdown slate options. So some of these games on the main slate, you can also play them as a showdown. We're not going to go through the showdown pricing for each of those games, but just wanted to mention it. And if you have success on the showdown slate or the main slate, let us know on Twitter and, and give us a follow. Miles is at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. You can find me at Language Olympic. And the rest of the DFS podcast team includes Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. You can find him at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And, of course, Mike Apatria is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. All right, let's get into the main slate. It is a six-gamer tipping off at 6 Eastern. And the first game we're going to break down is the Knicks traveling to Atlanta to play the Hawks. And certainly we've got lots of news with the Hawks. Capella still out. Deadman questionable. Scalabissier out. Trey Young questionable. Uh, he missed the last game, but looks like there's a good chance he'll come back in the lineup. We're recording this on Saturday night. So this is the news as of right now. Um, over on the New York side, I think the only real news is that we've got Mo Harkless uh, after the trade. He'll be available. Uh, so with that in mind, why don't you start with the Knicks? So, yeah, on the Knicks side of the ball, I'm looking at Alfred Payton. Um you know, he's been getting close to that triple-double territory in multiple games, and recently he had one uh, three games ago against Cleveland, and he almost had another one with steals against Orlando. He had seven steals, and I believe he had, I think, you know, it was either rebounds or assists. I think he had seven, and then I think he had 13 or something like that points. So, I mean, that's impressive uh, all around. Um, he's been getting over 32 fantasy points over the past 11 games. And uh, he can definitely pay off that 7500 price tag because he had, I think, a game when it was against Cleveland when he got that triple-double. He had 60 fantasy points, I believe, almost. I think it was like 59.3. So I like him a bunch here. Another guy I'll be looking at this side of the ball is Julius Randle. He did not do so well against... Um, <clears throat> who are they playing tonight now? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Let's see uh, if I can pull it up. Let's see. Oh, it's, oh, that's right. right they beat the Pistons on the road. The Pistons, yes. So I'm thinking he must have had some <laughs> difficulty going against uh, Christian Wood there or something because he did not play too good and he only finished with 32 fantasy points. And I think he only had 17 in the first half. But in this position here, I can see him bouncing back. So I do have some interest in him at 8,400. Um, I mean, their front court has been pretty bad. I mean, they did bring in a bunch of bigs to beef it up. But the problem is, is that Clint Capella is still out, and same with Scalabissier. So with uh, Dwayne Denman coming in, he is, you know, questionable play, but I'm thinking most, most likely will. But uh, he doesn't scare me away from uh, taking a shot on Julius Randle here. Otherwise, on this side of the ball, it's, everybody's just kind of getting pretty murky here. It's, uh, it's a wash kind of everywhere now with the players that they're bringing in, and it just seems like they're just kind of splitting up the minutes. Um, 
I mean, Taj Gibson has been playing well in the starting role, but I believe tonight he didn't do great, and I think Bobby Porter's got more run. So I'm kind of scared off of a bunch of it, but, I mean, if I was going to look at any of the guys besides those two, it would probably be Taj Gibson at 3,300. Um, I mean, you could even look at, like, Reggie Bullock, who's been getting a decent amount of run as well, but uh, I think it was Wayne Ellington tonight who had the night and got more runs, so... It's a little bit messy right now, so I won't be going too deep into it. What about you? Yeah, I noticed you're right. In this matchup Saturday night here against the Pistons, the minutes were a little bit more murky. But in the couple games leading up to it, it looked like they finally went to more of a standard rotation where the starters got about 30 minutes each, bench guys got about 18. But now that we've got R.J. Barrett coming back into the lineup and Mo Harkless coming to town, it is going to be a little bit up in the air about how they break this down, but I'm assuming that Barrett will start, Moharkless will start, Bullock will go back to the bench, and that'll be the key for me. If Harkless is starting at 3.4, I'll take a shot on him as a value play. Um, I, you know, of course, it goes without saying that I'm with you on Peyton as the, the number one target for for the Knicks overall. But if, you, if you're looking for value plays, because, Miles, you and I were talking briefly before the podcast here, we weren't seeing quite as many value plays on the main slate as we, we often do. So we're going to hone in on, on the opportunities that we see. One of those, I think, is Harkless. And you mentioned Taj, Taj Gibson. Two of the last three games, he's been over 20 fantasy points. He's only 3.3. So if he does that again here against the Hawks, then you're looking at a six or seven extra turn. So I think that's worth a look. Over on the Atlanta side, Trey Young, uh, assuming he comes back into the lineup, he was a monster against the Knicks earlier in the season, which was quite a shootout. It was 143 to 120 when they played back in December, and Trey went for 42, 4, and 8. So at at 10.4, he's pricey, but certainly we'll have some shares of him on on the six-game slate if he starts. If he doesn't start, of course, you can look at Teague at 4.7, Herter at 6.1. He had a big game against the Celtics with Trey Young out. So for me, I'll probably only play Herter if Trey Young is out. John Collins at 8.7. He's a little bit pricey for me on, on this slate. Um, sort of looking at the big picture, I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the guys in like the 8,500 to 10K range on this on this slate. I kind of like spending up on a couple guys. Um, so John Collins is one of those guys in that high 8K range that I, I probably won't have too much exposure to. And then definitely just got to follow the news on those centers. You know, if, if for some reason Deadman doesn't play, then Damian Jones becomes more attractive at 3.4 as another value play. Yeah, like your breakdown on that side of the ball. Um, Trey Young was my number one guy on that side if he is playing. And uh, with him being out, Kevin Huter was the other guy I was looking at. Uh, John Collins, I did have a bit of interest in, but I am feeling the same way as you are, is that his price tag is a bit high. Um, not to say that he can't pay it off because, you know, he's been scoring, you know, 40 plus nice points in the past six games. And I mean, as long as Capella isn't on the floor, he still will be the board man on that team. But yeah, Board man I gets think, paid. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know if I'll get a ton of shares of them as well just because of the price tag. 
Yeah, I think Collins at this price is more of a cash game play to me. He just doesn't really hasn't really shown that ceiling over 50 fantasy points. So that's why I'm going to shy away from here in tournaments. And for those of you that are new to the show, Miles and I are primarily tournament players. So that's how we break this down. Let's go to game number two, Miles, on the main slate. It is Chicago traveling to Philly. Philly got right at home in the last game. Now they get Chicago coming to town. Uh, these two teams played earlier in the season. Low scoring, it was 100-89, to 89, and MB did not play in that one. He's questionable in this one. Horford is questionable with Achilles. And the other news we have for the Philly is that Glenn Robinson III will not play yet. And for Chicago, you know, I'm not I'm not quite like Mike Apatry here. I'm not going to read all the probable guys. <laughs> for me, if you're on Chicago and you're probable, then I'm assuming you're in. Uh, they do have Levine listed as questionable for this one. Um, but then in terms of the bigs, I, I will mention that Gafford is questionable and, Denz, uh, and, and Valentine is doubtful. So with that being said, let's go back to the home team here, Miles. What do you think about the Sixers? So on the Sixers side, I like Ben Simmons at 8,600. Um, I mean, his usual always gets a big bump if Embiid is ruled out. So as long as Embiid's out, um, I think he's in a great position going against this injury-riddled Bulls team, and I think he can have his way with them. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who also has triple-double upsides. So I like him a bunch here, and that price tag I'm willing to pay. The other guy on this side of the ball I like is Tobias Harris. At 7K, if Horford and Embiid are both out, he'll be relied on to grab some more boards. And, I mean, if he's he's been hot over the past two games, and as long as he keeps shooting the ball like that, he'll easily get you that 5X no problem the one other guy on this other ball if Horford and Embiid are out is uh, Kyle O'Quinn uh, they had originally ruled him out but now they've deemed him available to play so if he does get the start I will have interest in him I mean if he gets 20-25 minutes he can definitely get you way over that 3600 price tag so I like him quite a bit if he's going to get the start otherwise I wasn't too interested in many other players on the side what about you yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, you know, we have that evidence about you. You mentioned Simmons when Embiid is out. We saw that in this matchup earlier, and Simmons went for 20, 11, and 7. So I think that's that's a strong play. I, I like how you broke down those hypotheticals, getting to Tobias, if the other two big guys are out. Um, and you, you're right, Kyle Quinn's worth a look at minimum price if those guys are out. Korkmaz is, is 3.9. Um, I know he just had that monster game, but he also played well against Chicago uh, last month in this matchup. He went for 24-4. and four. So 3.9, he hasn't been priced up too much. I think he's still worthy of being in the player pool. But um, I won't have a ton of exposure to this game. Um, it'll be one of the lower totals. We don't have all the, all the lines out yet here on Saturday night, but um, – that, that certainly will be one of the lower totals. Yeah, I was just going to make a mention on the uh, Korkmaz is that Milton and Richardson are both playing, though, as well. So that's just where I, I, sh- I shied away from that whole situation. There's just too many other guards there now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Jay Rich is working his way back in the lineup. So that'll be uh, 
that'll be interesting to see how how it breaks down here in this next game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to some guys later that I certainly like more than Cork Maz. I, I There's a good chance I won't get any shares of him. And then what about Chicago? You got anything for them? Oh, Chicago. I guess I guess we can talk <laughs> about them a little bit. <laughs> um, so Levine is under that magical 8K price range. Um, but at you know even at 7.9 on this slate, I don't plan to go to him. Um, you know, Philly's just a tough D. Uh, Kobe White, 4.6. Uh, I was all over him in that last game. And that was when he was under 4K. He also did well in this matchup before, 14-4-4. And and Dunn is still out, so I I think he could consider him. I I wish he was still lower priced, but that's the way it goes. And then same thing with Hutchinson, 4.6. He's a little bit more expensive than I like to play, but uh, I did want a fun stat for him. His per 36 numbers this year are 16 points, 7 rebounds, and two assists, and he just played 32 minutes against the Pelicans and had 16, 8, and 1. So uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, can deliver if given the opportunity. So, um, you know, again, Valent- if Valentine is out, um, you know, he could he could give you 30 fantasy points. It wouldn't shock me. But, you know, not anywhere near a core play for me. Yeah, I like your call on that. The two value plays you mentioned there were the two that I kind of peeked at, and I felt the same way as you, though I wish they were priced below that 4K mark. Um, and yeah, those per 36 numbers, those are way better than they were last year, because I know last year he was nowhere near that. His play last year was absolutely atrocious. I remember playing him, I think, once or twice, and then I never went back to him again in that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I have a vendetta against him, too. Because if you recall that recent game where Chicago played Indiana and Oladipo hit the three right before the buzzer to go to overtime, he okay, was yeah. Hutchinson was guarding Oladipo, but he was he oh. stood like five feet off of him and just sat there and watched him shoot the three. And I had the under in the game, and it was a hundred to ninety-seven. Oh, oh. Yeah. and the the over the over under was like two fourteen. So it was as long as he didn't make that three, it was it was it was in the money. So I'm not I'm not too happy with with uh, Hutchinson, but uh, well, he probably just assumed he's like, oh, there's just gonna be another missed ball because uh, Oladipo had just been shooting very bad. Yeah, he had own. exactly. Yeah, but still in that situation, you got to get your hands up. I mean, they're down three. You just you yes. just let you just let Oladipo line it up, size it up. He forgot the basic rule of playing defense, essentially. No threes. When you're up by three with eight seconds just, left, oh, it's no threes. Chandler. Hands up, and you know you gotta keep keep on your man. Yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to a game that's going to be much more high scoring and exciting if it goes according to plan, and that is the game in D.C. We've got the Grizzlies traveling to Washington to take on the Wizards. Uh, two teams that are top six in pace and bottom half in defense. And Washington, of course, is worst in the league defensively in terms of defensive efficiency. So not surprising that the over-under here is 240. Memphis favored by a point and a half. In terms of the injuries, 
with the Wizards, we've got Bryant still out. And I believe that's about it. Um, so let's let's start with those Wizards. Who do you like for, for that squad? I'm glad you hyped this game up because it is one of my favorite games just because of all the things you mentioned. Um, the number one target on this side of the ball for me is Bradley Beal at 9900 I'm glad he's below that 10 k price tag, even if it is only by 100 um, He's just been on fire the past eight games with the lowest game total he got for fantasy points was 48.8. So he himself has been on fire, kind of like Lillard. Um, not quite to the extent, but he has been doing great. And with this fast-paced game here, I mean, I can't see why he can't pay off that price tag. Um, and like I said, lowest scoring he had was 48 fancy points, so that's pretty much the 5x value that we need right there. Um, besides that, I like Davis Bertans at 5,500. Um, over the last two games, he's scored 37 fancy points. Um, he hasn't seen below 27 minutes since the 22nd of January. And with Thomas Bryant out, there'll be more front court minutes and usage to go around. So I like him here, and he'll be one of my targets. Another guy on this side of ball is uh, the rookie Rui Hachimura at 4,800. He got good run on only a second game back. And once I, going back to the same thing with Bryant out, he'll be relied on kind of for uh, getting some rebounds in the front court there. So I will be looking towards him at 4,800. He's one of my like mid-tier price guys that I like quite a bit. Uh, and the... Uh, <clears throat> on the same side here, I like Shabazz Napier at 4,800. I know he only got 18 minutes last game, but he managed 29 fantasy points in those 18 minutes. So I'm hoping that he might get a bit more run. But, I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they still stick with Ishmith. Um, and he was one of the other guys I kind of looked at. But, but I still like Shabazz Napier just a bit more just because uh, he's a bit better of a ball distributor. So he can get you some more fantasy points without having to relying all on scoring. Um, but besides that, that's all I have on this side of the ball. Was there anybody else you had on this side? No, th those were the same five guys I wrote down. Love your analysis. And just to back it up a little bit, when these two teams played in December, it was high scoring. Memphis won at 128 to 111. Beal went for 29, 10, and 4. Bertans didn't play that well, but... You know, he had an off shooting night and uh, I like his recent form, like you mentioned. For me, the the and then Rui, I think, is a good price, as you mentioned. And then with those guards, that'll be interesting. Um, I would guess that the minutes are similar here to that first one where Ish is closer to 30. Napier's at 20 or a little bit less. So for that reason, I would tend to lean towards Ish Smith. But um you know, with with those other guys in the starting lineup, you would think that Beal and Rui would score a little bit more. Napier would look to score a little bit more off the bench, but but hard to say. It's and it's it's a it's a bit of a coin toss, especially with their price tag only two hundred dollars apart. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a, a kind of a, a pick and choose game, but uh, I think either of them can uh, get the value we're looking for. Yes. Well, over on the Memphis side, we know there's going to be some value to be had in this high-scoring game. For me, the first guy I'm looking at is Dylan Brooks because of his price tag. He's only 4.9. He played well against Washington earlier. He went for 27-2-3. So I'm, I'm liking his spot. And then 
The next guy that I would actually play, I, I may go to Josh Jackson again here at 3.0. Last two games, he's played 20 and 23 minutes. And, you know, as, as we'll mention here repeatedly, just not a lot of great value plays to look at. And I've, I, I want to take advantage of the fact that they haven't priced him up yet. So for me, it's, it's those two guys are the ones I'm looking to the most. You know, John Morant just – He's been – he just hasn't been over 30 fantasy points lately. So at 6.3, I don't plan to play him. It's it's a good matchup. Uh, so I'm curious about your thoughts, Miles. I did have him run down as one of my guys, and I had the exact same saying, though. You know, his play of late has been very moderate. Um, but, I mean, if there's any spot for him to bounce back, this would be the spot. And 6,300, that's a fair price tag. We've seen him at much higher before, so – I do like him. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm going to lock and load him or anything, but I think he'd still be in my player pool. Um, and then what about the big guys up front? Do you have any of those guys written down? No, I leave all the, the Jonas Valanciunas love to you. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas, I have him written down at 7,100. I mean, he can easily get us at like 7x value on this price tag. We've seen it before. He can get to that 50 fantasy point mark, and I mean, it's uh, the front court's sort of depleted. They're all kind of on their way back from injury, so I think he could go out there and you know get us those uh, those boards and those points that we're looking for. Yeah, you, I, I've ne- I haven't been on him as much this season as you and the rest of the team here has been, but yeah, it's a lot of moving parts there in that Wizards front court. Nobody really dominating the minutes. Nobody seeming like they're, uh, you know, completely healthy and rolling. So maybe this will be one of those those days where Valanciunas goes off. He's just so hot or cold. Yeah, he is. Uh, I just I just like him though. He's just when he is hot, he's giving you great, uh, you know, points per minutes kind of deal. Just because he can get you a bunch of points in limited minutes. So I I, I just. For some reason, he's one of those guys I like. I gravitate towards him. And I think it's because last year when he went to the Grizzlies and he got kind of healthy there for a bit and he was just playing those big games, I think that's just always stuck in my mind. That's all I picture. Yeah, that change of scenery has been excellent for him. Yes, it was. Very much so. All right, well, let's go on. We've got another exciting game to, to break down. So let's do it without further ado. It's in Houston as the Utah Jazz are coming to town on the front end of a back-to-back to take on the Rockets after they put on a very poor display for Miles' parents in in Phoenix. And this one, the total is at 233, Houston favored by four. And we should have Westbrook back in the lineup. We've got... In terms of injury news, we've got Eric Gordon questionable, which is interesting because, of course, when these two teams played in late January, that's when Gordon scored 50, his career high. Harden and Westbrook did not play that game. So it looks like we may have the reverse of that with Harden and Westbrook in the lineup, Gordon out. And I don't think we have any real injury news on the Utah side. So, Miles, why don't you start us off with the Jazz? So on the Jazz side of the ball, I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell. Last time out, he did score that 51.5 fantasy points against the team. But like you had mentioned, they were down 
Harden and Westbrook. So, I mean, if Westbrook is guarding him, it might be a little bit tougher for him to get to that point. But at 7,300, that's a fair price tag for him. Um, we've seen him price above 8K this year, so no reason he can't pay that off. Other guy on this side that I'm looking at is uh, Boyan Bogdanovich at 6K. Uh, the last two games out, he's, you know, getting around that 36 fantasy point mark, and he's just been playing well of late. The last game out, he had uh, 16 shots. He made 10 of them, and he ended up scoring 27, fantasy po- <clears throat> 27 actual points against Portland and 38 fantasy points. So I'll be looking at him. The other guy on this side I'm looking at is Mike Conley, who will actually most likely be getting the Westbrook uh, treatment uh, at 5,400. He's just been looking like the player we expected to see at the start of the season. And since he's been back in and in the starting lineup, um, he's been doing well. So he's one guy who'll have some interest at his uh, mid-tier pricing there. Um, besides that, though, that's all I'm kind of looking at. One other guy I did kind of look at down below just because he was a price at that value play area is Royce O'Neal because he still is getting those you know, 28 to 30 minutes off the bench. Uh, but besides that, that's all I've got. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on Mitchell. I've got him circled. He's going to be a big target of mine on this slate. And one of the things I noticed is in that game against Houston, he went 11 for 15 on twos. And this was an, you know one of those games with Capella already out. So Tucker was the center. And... I agree that it might be a little tougher for him to get to the rim if he's got to get around Westbrook for on some of these possessions. But, you know, he's just one of those elite finishers with great athleticism. So I, I like him to, to do well again here with, with Tucker in the middle and no other bigs to try to, to try to go over. And then I think Bogdanovich is a fair price. I agree with you. Conley as well. Ingles is also going to be in my player pool because he's only at 4.5K. There's been a few games here, a few games here where he hasn't shot much at all, but he kind of got going again in that last game against Portland. He went for 14, 6, and 3, 5 of 10 from the field. And, you know, in a a wide open game like this, uh, if if he takes six or seven threes, uh, we know he can pile up the assists and just kind of fill up the stat sheet. So he'll be in my player pool as well. All right. Over on the Houston side, uh, we, we've talked about the guards and Westbrook being back in the lineup. And here, here's the thing that stood out to me about Harden Westbrook in, in these recent games. In the last eight games that Westbrook has played, he's taken at least 24 shots. In every game. I was going to ask you, though, actually, because I said, what's the lowest amount you think he's taken in the past 15 games? Westbrook? Yeah. Uh, without looking, I mean, let's see, going back, it, there seemed like there were a couple games where maybe he didn't do too much, but I, I'll say 18. The lowest he's shot in the last 15 games is 22. Okay, so... Yeah. Man, he's just so aggressive. He he's one of a kind. Um, so I, the fact that he's going to continue to be that aggressive, and he's almost two thousand dollars cheaper than Harden, uh, I'm going to lean towards Westbrook here. In the so in the last eight games that 
Harden has played, he's only attempted 24 shots three out of eight times. So um, I, I, I probably will have some shares of Harden, you know, because I just look at what Lillard did to them. You know, he Lillard went for 42-6-6 and six against Utah. Uh, eight for 14 on threes, and we know Harden can can do that same sort of thing. But if I you know if I only have one lineup, I'm going to go Westbrook, and then the rest of the Rockets, um, so, somewhat attractive. Tucker's down to 5K. I think he'll he'll do much better than he did against Phoenix. Covington at 5.3. Um, you know he's been getting about 10 shots. Um, you know, he could go for 30 fantasy points. He's, I don't know if I'll get many shares of him, but, uh, and then house at 4.7. I, th- I think that's a fair price tag. I think one of those guys will, will probably go off either house or Covington. So I think they're worth considering. What do you think about the Rockets? Yeah. The t- two guys that I have written down are Westbrook and Robert Covington. Uh, yeah. Rocco, the first game out, he had 38 fantasy points. So, you know, he's still, you know, kind of acclimating to the new environment. Um, but, I mean, last game out, they only gave him 25 minutes. So, I mean, if he can get back up to that 30-minute-plus mark, I think he can get us the value we're looking for. Yeah, and it was a back-to-back after, a, you know, his first game with the team, big minutes, big production. And like I mentioned, mo- most of those guys didn't, didn't play much, if at all, in the fourth quarter. So, to me, it was kind of a throwaway game. Yep. So, yeah, those are the two guys I'm looking at on that side of the ball. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the 7.30 tip-off. That is a game between the Clippers and the Cavaliers. The Clippers coming off a stunning loss to Minnesota, 142-117. to Miles and I were talking about this game before we started here. We noticed that Minnesota hit 26 three-pointers which we believe is tied for second all time. They were just on fire. So Clippers Clippers just giving up massive points, even though Paul George and Kawhi were both out there. uh, Just really surprising stuff. So now the Clippers have to go on a back-to-back, travel to Cleveland. Since Kawhi played in the front end, we're expecting that he'll be out on Sunday against the Cavaliers. But... We should have Marcus Morris into the mix. And let's see, what else do we have for news? Beverly was out here on Saturday, so he's got to be considered questionable for Sunday. And over on the Cleveland side, we're going to have Drummond suiting up for the first time. Tristan Thompson is off the injury report, so he should be good to go. So, Miles, what do you think about the Clippers after that big loss tonight against Minnesota? Yeah, I just wanted to make a quick note on something because I just I was just thinking about because like everybody that Andre Drummond trade was just so ridiculous, <laughs> and I just thought I just thought I said you know wouldn't it be nice if in all my fantasy leagues I could just go pick up John Henson and Brandon Knight and trade him to the team that had Drummond? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> that you know it never just, happened. Hey, I just say hey that that happened in reality. That's a good trade. Where, where's my Drummond? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I know. On the other Clippers side of the ball here, I like uh, Paul George uh, because it's the back-to-back. Kawhi shouldn't be playing. He hasn't played at any of the back-to-backs this year, so I don't see why they change it now. So 
Paul George at 8,100, great price tag, going against a poor defense. Um, I like it. Other guy I like is actually Marcus Morris at 6,400. With Kawhi out, and if he is actually going to play, which they said he is, um, I think he hopefully will get the start. And if he does get the start, he's going to want to show up for the new squad. Um, and, you know, the thing is, a lot of people are looking at this as a big loss for him, which, I mean, it will be. You know, he's not going to get the same production he had in New York. But with Kawhi out, uh, you know, he could come out there and be, you know, second or third fiddle on this team. So he's got some interest for me if he's getting the start. Um, another guy I have <coughs> noted down here is Lou Williams at 6,800. Uh, he performs better on the back half of back-to-back games because uh, he gets that increased usage with no Kawhi. The other guy here, if Patrick Beverly is out, um, I will have a bit of interest in Landry Shamit at 4,400. Um, I mean, he is a guy who is up and down, but he has had some pretty good games over the last you know month here. So at 4,400, he's going to be this guy I will take into consideration. But besides that, I'm not looking at anything else on this side of the ball. What about you? I'm right with you. Yeah, I like Paul George here with Kawhi out. You know, the last time these two teams met, Clippers routed Cleveland 128 to 103. Kawhi only played three quarters, but he scored 43 points. So I think it'll be Paul George's turn to take over and and do something similar. And, you know, I think the only thing that might take away from that is. Like you said, Morris's first game on the squad. I think they'll they'll give him an opportunity to to succeed. And yes, if Beverly's out, I, I like Lou Williams here. Also like Shamit. So I'm I'm right with you on your analysis. The only guy I might add would be Jamichael Green at 3.4. Um, that, that's a good good price tag for him. All right, over on the Cleveland side, Drummond is 9.4 and I will play. Uh, I will have a couple shares of him. He's not my favorite guy over 9K, but by any stretch, um, yeah, I like Westbrook that we already mentioned. Uh, like another guy coming in the next game, but uh, you know we we we've seen success for centers against the Clippers. Uh, you got to figure they're going to give him the ball the first time in Cleveland. I mean, they're taking a bit of a risk here. I think they're trying to, you know, get him to Cleveland, keep keep him in the Midwest, show him he can be comfortable there, you know, vastly increase the chances that he might, you know, re-sign with them. Uh, so what better way to make him comfortable than just feed him as much as possible? So I think he's worth a look at 9.4. As for everybody else, I don't think I'll go with anybody else in the starting lineup. I think Sexton is a little bit too high at 6.5. I don't think the ceiling is quite there. Um, Porter at 3.9 is another guy you could look at if you need somebody in that price range. Uh, But that'll be about it for me with the Cavs. I like your breakdown of Drummond because I have the exact same feeling with him as a center going against the Clippers. And yeah, as long as he's getting his, you know, expected starting minutes, I have no problem going to him. Uh, I do have a bit of interest in Colin Sexton at 6,500. He scored at least 23 actual points over the past six games. And he's just been actually, surprisingly, a very, fairly consistent since the start of the new year. Um, So I've seen him get up into that, you know, 40 fantasy point range. 
the possibility is there. Um, so he's one of the guys I will have some interest in. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be throwing him to all my lineups. But I still actually think it's very surprising to see this, but that is a fair price tag for him. <laughs> How about this? Colin Sexton at 6.5 or Ja yeah. Morant at 6.3? Because I think you you oh, like you like both of those guys yeah. a, a little bit better than me. Yeah. So if you can only make one lineup, one of those. Who are you going with? God. It's just the fact that John Murray has such a good matchup that makes him that much more appealing. Right. Um, that's the only reason. But I mean, if let's say if it was just like you know, like let's say if it was similar matchups. I'd probably go towards Sexton, but just based on the matchup they have, I'd probably go to Moran. Okay. Excellent. Um, I was just double-checking. In their their matchups against these teams, earlier in the season, Jaw went for about 35 fantasy points and Sexton about 32. So oh. Jaw had the edge in the first, first, first go-round. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> We're having a miles versus miles challenge on this slate. <laughs> uh, anybody else on Cleveland before we move on? Nope. That okay. was it. All right. Well, the late night hammer on Sunday is going to be nine o'clock tip on the Eastern coast, six o'clock for miles out there on the West. And it is the Miami heat traveling to the Pacific Northwest to play the trailblazers. Big news for Miami. They're going to have some new faces suiting up. Crowder, Iguodala, and Hill, as far as I can tell here on Saturday night, are all expected to play. And then we're also expecting that Butler and Hero will still be out. And over on the Portland side, looks like Hassan Whiteside will be back in the lineup after a game off. And... Simons is doubtful with the concussion. And then Nasir Little is going to continue to be out. So why don't we start over there on Miami? We've got some new faces. Miles, what do you think about the Heat on this Sunday night matchup? Yeah, with all those new faces coming in, it is making me a little bit uh, wary of throwing in a whole whack ton of them. The two guys I did have ran down just because uh, Hero and Butler ruled out is uh, Goran Drogic and Kendrick Nunn. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is priced at 5,600. He's been getting his shots since uh, Butler's gone down with uh, 17 and 19 in the last two games. Uh, It's just that he's been struggling with that shot. So, I mean, if he can start knocking those shots down, he'll be crushing value. So he is one of probably my top heat guys. Uh, Goran Drogic, he'll get more ball handling duties with Butler being out. And if he can get hot, he's good. I find that the games where he does better is when he gets himself to the free throw line a bunch. And as long as his free throws are falling, he usually will get you the value you're looking for. Um, Besides that, I haven't written down too much more. I mean, Bam Adebayo is a guy who's kind of always in play. He's just been amazing this year. He's had himself, I think, uh, is it two triple doubles now or is it three even? I'm not, I can't, can't remember the amount, but he's, the fact that he's gotten this year is crazy because just last year he was one of the guys coming off the benches. Now he's pretty much all, almost all-star. But besides that, I don't have much written down. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. The, the place I'm looking here to begin with is the backcourt. 
because of that glut of you know small forward types coming into the mix, um, it's going to be hard to to break that down. And Dragic was excellent against Portland the first time, and that was uh, 122 to 111. Miami won that one, and Butler did not play in that game either. So pretty similar kind of profile of the game. He went for 29-3 and 13. And, you know, like you mentioned, he's going to be handling the ball. They're going to look to him to score. He's my favorite member of the Heat. Uh, I like him a little bit better than Nunn. Uh, Nunn is priced up now because of Butler being out. So that's how I break down the guards. If I'm going to play any of the forwards, you know, Derek Jones Jr. has been – uh, a guy that we need to pay attention to at 4.9. But with all three of those other guys playing, I probably won't get to him. If I had to play one of the new guys, it would be Crowder at 3.9. Um, you know, obviously he was starting in Memphis, so he's been playing, whereas Iguodala has been sitting around not doing too much. So that's where I would go there. And Bam's been playing great, but uh, probably won't get to too much of him at 8.3. I think I like Hassan Whiteside on the other side a little bit better at 7.6. We, you know, we he still has that narrative playing against the former team. He went for 21 and 18 when they met up down in South Beach. But the man of the hour continues to be Damian Lillard at 10.2. I like him here. He went for 62 fantasy points against Portland, just sort of heading into that monster stretch and. After what happened in Utah where he got robbed of the game-tying basket, I mean, he's he's going to be furious. So I wouldn't want to try to slow Mr. Lillard down here on this on this matchup, and I, I think Miami will have some trouble doing so. In terms of the rest of Portland, uh, I think the guy we'll look to next is if Simons is indeed out, Gary Trent Jr. at 3.8 is a guy I would play. And Ariza, if you want to get different, you're going to play multiple lineups at 3.6. He's coming off the ejection. I think he'll be fired up, and and he's he's certainly underpriced at 3.6. What about you, Miles? What are your thoughts on the Trailblazers? Yeah, so everything you hit on there, I agree with. Um, Did you mention C.J. McCollum? I did not. Okay, so he is one guy I do have interest in here at 6,600. He's been getting his shot attempts of late uh, with 23 last game, and he made five three-pointers. I don't know. He probably won't make five three-pointers next game, but he is a guy I will have interest in. I think that the entire, um, I'm you know, without having Butler on the floor, I think the defense on that side, on Miami side, you know, decreased a little bit. So he's a guy I have interest in. Um, otherwise, I agree with everything else that you have mentioned on this side of the ball. Okay. Yeah, and McCollum didn't play the first time these two met up. So, um, yeah, he's always he's always a good consideration. Uh, one of those guys in the 6K range who can get you 40 fantasy points. So he's got, he's got a nice ceiling. Yep. Uh, well, that wraps up the slate. We're all out of games to talk about. So I will mention that if you're looking for some news on Sunday morning, midday, head on over to at Hoopball Fantasy to to pick up that last minute news. And 
We want to thank mybookie.ag one more time as our presenting sponsor. Make sure you use the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, when you go make your first deposit there. Um, I'll be drinking. I mentioned that we're down in Florida on vacation, and I am thrilled that my wife remembered the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. So it would have been terrible to be away from that for a week. I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, so I won't have to do that. Thankfully, I'll have a good chance to have some some DFS success on Sunday because of that. And uh, that about wraps it up. Miles, what are your final thoughts here for the big Sunday? Uh, just make sure you follow the news here because there is quite a bit and it will affect um, all the players. So just make sure you're following right up to lock, as we always say. Um, otherwise, that's it. Just, you know, good luck and have fun. Absolutely. Measure, Miles, it was a, a pleasure as always. And on behalf of the rest of the crew here, Joe Sarvati and Mike Apatria, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us today on Hoopball NBA DFS Today. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.